Welcome to The Sip List, the podcast where we drink wine and count down our top five favorites of all the things, including movies, music, TV shows, books, and more. The Sip List does not claim ownership of any clips used in this episode, as any film, TV, or sound clips are owned by the original copyright holders. Additionally, this podcast does contain spoilers, so please be aware. This show does also contain explicit content, so please keep that in mind as you are playing it wherever you are, work, car, etc. Thank you and enjoy the episode. the podcast where we drink wine and count down our top five favorites of all the things. I'm going to keep adjusting this light and it's just not going to work. It's also really hot. Okay. Um, I am your host, Amanda. And did I say that already? No. I don't think so. Nope. That's okay, the first <laughs> Wow. I'm off to a great start. Kudos. I am not are you, high. Are you the one that literally screwed up my freaking opening yesterday on Toys? I mean, I've been doing that was like you. 80 something. I know, oh. but <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm not judging because I'm the one that literally screwed up the 80, what, fourth intro to my show and totally yeah. had everything ass backwards and sideways and slant ways and that's why we're indie podcasts and not professionals so (laughs) yeah in case you guys didn't hear that voice that's casty b joining us uh again as usual hi people and we have a newbie to the show tonight which i'm very excited about um been on a roll with the new people to the show and it's making me happy not that i don't love my regulars because you know uh pod me goes forever but we are joined by Leah from Slay the Stars podcast. Hello, Leah. Hi, everybody. I'm super excited to be here. I'm super excited to have you and very thankful that you were cool with my rescheduling um, shenanigans. Oh, not a problem. I totally get it. Uh, it is hard to coordinate schedules when you are a bunch of adults with lives. Mm-hmm. So tell... No, well yeah it's debatable (laughs) tell the people about your podcast because it's fairly new so let's get the word out about it yeah so uh we've been going for a little over two months now we are a D&D fifth edition actual play uh we are kind of like cosmic fantasy dark fairy tale vibes um but our main selling point is that we're a small group we've got two players and a dm and i know a lot of people like i was just saying have a problem with like figuring out how to schedule a bunch of adults i mean a typical D game you're talking five six adults um and ours we have three and we're just trying to tell the best story we can super character focused um it's a great time we release new episodes every tuesday uh you can find us at slaythestars.com it's a good time that's awesome. Okay, so you you have three people. I yes. you can't play it with two, right? Or can you? 
you can have, I mean, yeah, you can absolutely play it with just one-on-one, uh, one person and a dungeon master. Um, but yeah. it's usually better to have Not as much fun. Yeah. It's better to have, in my opinion, two or more people, because then you can have the, the interactions between the, the two characters and not just the interaction between the dm and the single player um but yeah we have two uh full-time players arthur and jen they are amazing um and we do have an extra fourth mic so eventually we're gonna have guests come in for little mini arcs um that hasn't happened yet because we're still very new um but eventually that's where we're headed that sounds fun so because i am Again, like I said, the only thing I know about D&D is the couple of nerds I dated in high school and then Stranger <laughs> Things. So are are all the boards the same? Or like, well, there's a board, right? Or do you? No. Oh, so, so it's not like the 80s where there's a board anymore. <laughs> no. So, so there can be like you can have okay. maps where people play, like place their little tokens on the maps for battles and things like that. Um, but really what Dungeons and Dragons is, is like a collaborative story that you're telling with your friends. Um, And you can go entire four plus hour sessions without needing a map because you're just interacting as different people in different, uh, different places, you know, buying and selling things or meeting the king or, you know, hiring an assassin. You can do all these things and you don't really need a map. It all just sort of takes place in your head. How do you determine a winner? Uh, so there's really no way to win Dungeons and Dragons, I guess. If you're now, uh, we see why Amanda doesn't like you. <laughs> that would be an accurate and... assessment. Why are yeah. you playing if the goal is not to win? <laughs> I mean, I guess uh, you know, you I'm can kidding. get no, no. I'm just like you can kind get of. to like a high level and like kill the big bad guy, and that's sort of you sort of like win the game that way. Um, but yeah, there's really. So how do you end really a campaign then? Like, how do you decide when it's over and you start a new one? Uh, so best case scenario, you get to the end of the story, right? So characters in fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons go to level 20. So there's this idea that you take your character from level one, the whole way to 20, you save the world by slaying some evil God. And that's the end of the campaign. More than likely you get to like seventh, eighth level. It's been like a year. Everybody's tired of it. So you retire your characters and start over again. That's more likely what happens. Um, but that's kind of lame. So I, uh, I always shoot yeah. for the first thing. I shoot for the first okay. thing. <laughs> interesting. I mean, it's it's definitely interesting. I don't know if it's something I could get into, but I'll just check out your podcast so I can see what it's all about. That's probably the best way to do it. <laughs> you should. And, you know, maybe something, you know, I've been playing around with the idea of getting a bunch of like podcast hosts together and like running a little like mini game, like a one shot um that would be fun can put out i think it'd be a lot of fun well I- i'll think about this but that that could be a lot of fun and there's there's actually several D podcasts out there i think oh there's or, so many or fantasy <laughs> podcasts or whatever so i think that could be a a cool yeah. thing yeah there's so many uh D podcasts out there and i mean i've met so many of these people who run these podcasts play in these podcasts and it is a fantastic community. I was really paranoid. I'm not a big Twitter person. I, at least I wasn't before the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but like tabletop RPG Twitter is just the most awesome community. I enjoy it. It's a good time. Podcast Twitter has been amazing. Like right? I've met so many people and everybody's so supportive and cool. And well, we met on Facebook casey same thing it's social media that's true that's true um 
but yeah, it's definitely been the most supportive. Like so far I haven't had any haters, although I figure you haven't really made it until you get like, you know, your first one-star review, like this podcast sucks, but yeah. 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 I think that's when, you know, you've made it whenever you start getting those trolley comments. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or until you have 30 year best friends freaking rip you a new one because you support Johnny Depp. Oh yeah. Times, I guess. Yeah. That, that happened to Casey when we did, um, Probably was it your 30. show or my show? I guess it was your show. It was my show because literally the next morning and i had instant messages from people that i've known for silencio por favor you're just that now I've doing known that? for like 30 years and they're like oh my god i can't believe you're supporting a freaking woman abuser and blah 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 but it's like obviously you didn't care enough to listen to the episode and we explained early on we don't support the fact well we understand the fact that Neither of the two is 100% innocent. He did some nasty things. She did a lot more nasty things. And I mean, we don't believe he abused her. So that's, we're not, we're not, we're not supporting an abuser because we don't think he did that. <laughs> yeah. So, no, I mean, he may have said some things that probably weren't the nicest, but you know, it is what it is. It was, so, yeah. and it was decisive, divisive. I mean, and uh, yeah, I'm glad it's over. Yeah, <laughs> put it that way. I I was tired of hearing about it by the end of everything. Um, yeah, we sat and watched the whole thing on YouTube for six freaking weeks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get a little too involved, but you know. <laughs> All right, so we are here, uh, courtesy of the idea of Leah to do top five horror movie remakes. And this this was a tough one for me. Um, there's some good ones out there, and there are some that I take issue with. So it'll be interesting to see kind of kind of how our lists go. You know, Casey and I know each other pretty well, so I think we'll have a, a decent idea of what we would both have. But we don't know you at all, so I'm interested to see what direction you go. That's um, the fun part. There's fresh blood in the water. <laughs> exactly. However, in the words of Julie Chin. But first, what is everyone drinking? Leah? I'm going to be really honest with you. I had every intention of like going out and getting fancy wine and being prepared. Oh, like I'm really tired. Yeah. I'm drinking a bang energy drink. It's candy flavored. <laughs> at 10 o'clock at night. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It's been a day. I understand. And there officially is no pressure to ever drink anything you don't want or don't have or don't feel comfortable oh, no. with. So oh, no. good for you. Uh, Unless you're I, too shame before it. I get down with the alcoholic drinks at times. It's just, okay. I did not it is it. also, you know, almost 1030 your time on a Monday. So I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Casey, it's only 730 your time. So what are you, what are you killing it with? Pepsi? Gatorade? Water? Water. Okay. <laughs> Good for you, buddy. I'm 45 years old. My body doesn't recover from... Uh, did we not get the freaking Taylor Swift sing a long song? He got a little tipsy the other night and sent me a My video. My body did not recover <laughs> from that audio clip. It I literally busted out on Messenger singing love story by taylor swift hey it's a good amazing. song amazing 
I'm keeping that for posterity. You should. <laughs> I am drinking um, the house wine brand uh, Rosé Frosé. They come in these little pouches. I bought a 12-pack of them at Costco, and they have different flavors, but I like it. It's pretty you good. You're damn yeah, slurpees. Really yeah, it's just a wine slushy. Listen, I'm jealous. It. That looks really good. I've been watching it really this good. entire time thinking like, man. I mean, also like. Oh, being... She sent us a picture of that the other day and it's like, you better have some of that in September when I get there. I will. <laughs> yeah. I, and I'm being like in a really hot climate like you are, Amanda. That yeah. would be amazing. Yes. <laughs> it's amazing. not hot in Texas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we passed hot about 20 degrees ago. That's that's true. You'll you'll find out. Okay. Well, let's move yeah, on I to will. some sip libs. Um, I'm excited to have a new person do the sip libs. I've been told it's what the cool kids do, so I like to include new people in it. I'm excited. Duh. <laughs> I don't have one um about any horror movies, but this one is Thank called God. The last one you picked that was horror related went on for like an hour and a half yeah we did a um, nightmare on my street and it was it was very very long oh that's what she said (laughs) (laughs) this one is called serial killer so um the first one is an adjective so i'm going to go ahead and put in certifiably fuckable Leah, that is the rule for the first adjective. Okay. Okay. So now we're going to move on. And Leah, I'm going to let you start. And it's another adjective. Oh. Um, let me think of a good one. Um, fiery. Ooh, good one. Casey, a number. Really? I know. Do I even have to ask? 69. No. <laughs> Guma. <laughs> Okay, for me, a famous person. Let's say Vincent Price. Keep it in the horror genre. On brand. And I'm going to mention him later tonight. Spoilers. (laughs) Okay, well, good. Uh, Okay, Leah, plural noun. Spoilers, I might as well. Plural noun, butts. I like big butts and I cannot lie. Oh man, that's gonna be stuck in my head. Casey, a body part. <laughs> Roast beef curtain. I knew that's what you were gonna say. And Gross. now it's the sip libs mandatory entry. Yeah, yeah, it is. Mm. You can thank your husband for it. <laughs> He didn't invent the phrase, but yeah, he he brought it into no, but he's the our one lives. Brought it up, and then it just became an every episode thing. This is true. No, okay, a noun. I'm gonna say. Oh, what's a good one? I'm gonna say vibrator. Okay, Leah, a serial killer. Uh, Ted Bundy. All right. <laughs> Casey, again, with a body part, uh, plural. Plural? Yeah, as in more than one. 
testicles. Okay. An adjective for me, I'm going to say sweaty. Leah, an adjective. Oh, grimy. Ooh. Okay. Uh, Noun, Casey? Nipple clamp. Nice. Oops. A number, I'm going to say seven. Leah, a noun? Toilet. Ooh. And last one, Casey, a number. Thirteen. All right. Let's see. Okay. Robert Forrester was a certifiably fuckable man. He was always a fiery type of man. He never hurt anyone until 69 years ago. He was even the one who killed Vincent Price. What? That motherfucker. Right? (laughs) 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 He used different things to murder people with. Even butts. Oh, Lord. Ooh. Okay. Gross. I'm intrigued. <laughs> he even once shoved a man's roast beef curtain into a vibrator. <laughs> I don't know how that I, works, but all right. Yeah, I have questions. <laughs> he was inspired by Ted Bundy. Of course he was. Yes. He took souvenirs from his victims, such as testicles. Okay, Ed Gein. He was then caught by a sweaty policeman because of the grimy smell coming from his nipple clamp. (laughs) That is one way to get caught. That must have been a really rank smell. (laughs) That's pretty bad. He had over seven bodies in his toilet. He was sent to prison for 13 life terms. Sounds fair. All right. That was uh, interesting. I'm going to make that into a Discovery ID episode. (laughs) You know what? People would watch it. Yeah. Love serial killer stuff. The story of Robert Forrester and his grimy nipple clamp. (laughs) I do love some serial killer stuff. Yes. I'm going to need you to make that the title of this episode. (laughs) (laughs) That would be a good one. (laughs) So good. Robert Forrester and his grimy nipple clamp. (laughs) That was great. I loved it. (laughs) Okay. The Simplest is a proud member of the Nerd House Entertainment Network. There are many shows there to enjoy. Go check out Moral Combat, where they argue and the audience votes about all kinds of things. Flops, where they discuss laws that make no effing sense. Tangents with Spencer Sellins, where you guessed it, they go off on tangents. And Mid-Tier Entertainment with Rook and Wild 7 playing games and just doing fun stuff. You can find all the shows on the network at nerdhouseentertainment.com. So, top five horror movie remakes. Yes. Um, so, Leah, you don't know either one of us, really. I don't. So... This will be just a shot in the dark, but if you had to make a guess, how many do you think you'll have in common with each of us? There are three on my list that I think are universally liked, Um, but I'm going to say that there are two of them, two of them that that like might show up uh, on both of your lists. So I'm going to say two. Okay. Uh, Casey. Mm, 
I was thinking two. I'll say two with Leah and possibly definitely two with you, but maybe three. Well, I'm not sure you should say three because I have one that's going to piss you off. <laughs> um, I refuse say- to do the ode if it's Rob Zombie. You don't get to refuse shit. You lost a contest fair and square. Oh, I will refuse. Oh, in fact, Leah, listen to that one. The Halloween versus Nightmare on Elm Street trivia one. I did. You I did lost. You have to do your your uh, punishment. That's a bet. So, I'm going to say two each. Um. All right. Well, Leah, you get to go first as the guest. So what is your number five? My number five is Quarantine, uh, which was a remake of Wreck. And um, so when I think about horror movie remakes, uh, one of the main things for me is I like whenever they totally change up the story, except when we're talking about quarantine, because it's almost exactly the same movie just brought into like a a more like americanized audience with you know obviously it's shot in english um and it's nearly a shot for shot remake um Mm. but it is it is so so good um oh what is her name i had her name written down uh the main actress uh... i don't know this movie so i can't help you (laughs) Her name is uh, Jennifer Carpenter. She's from uh, Dexter. Oh, Um, yeah. Okay. This movie, uh, as well as another movie she was in around the same time, The Exorcism of Emily Rose. uh, Both of these movies terrified me as a child because she is (laughs) fantastic. Um, And yeah, I mean, if you haven't seen Quarantine, you have to go watch it. And Wreck is fantastic, too. So both of them. Both are fantastic movies. Yeah, I have it. So I'm writing it down. Uh, what's it about? Um, so there is an apartment building and some sort of virus uh, starts spreading within the uh, within the building. Think uh, like rabies. Mm. Um, and the building gets curtained off by the government. They get quarantined and the movie follows what happens inside of that apartment building as the virus is spreading and people are trying to survive. It's terrifying and so good interesting and also you know pandemics this uh (laughs) right it's a very timely movie very Um, very true but yeah it was it was made in 2008 uh so i was like i don't know 18 19 years old when this movie came out um so it was like the perfect time of my life for this type of horror movie and it's just mm, chef's kiss so good Mm. so you're like 10 years younger than we are basically roughly yeah okay cool Um, don't be ageist i'm not i'm just putting it out there because that does come into play kevin some of these lists for sure um i will say that um my list as a huge horror movie nerd my list spans decades so good we should we should still have stuff in common we are also huge uh, horror movie nerds i am obsessed so speaking of she's such a big horror nerd then she should be invited to come on an evening at the movies in October. I agree. That would be so much fun. Halloween horror. 
Halloween Horror Fest. Yes. Yep. Um, I'm in. I don't even know what it is, and I'm in. <laughs> right? It's like, <laughs> you said Halloween. You said horror. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. Done. God, I can't I'll wait for there. October. Same. Casey, do you have quarantine? It is my number one honorable mention. Nice. Oh. Okay. Okay, okay. So I'm the only one that hasn't heard of this. Okay. Well, I wrote it down. So no, it, it's actually a really good movie. And I was kicking around with putting it in my number five spot. But Same. Well, we, what is your we number get, five? I don't know if I want to say. Cause we'll, okay. Well, for one, my number five is a recent very recent within like the last five years remake well year three years because it's a two-part remake of a classic Stephen King movie but I'm only classifying the number five spot for the 2017 version of it it after Right, not chapter two, because we know that you don't like that one as much. Hot garbage. Yeah, chapter two wasn't as good. I don't think it's hot garbage, but it... Yeah, the end's just lame. Yeah. <laughs> the end The end's bad. Um, I'm going to be honest. I don't I think the acting was as great in no. the second part as it was the first part. I think some of the casting choices were kind of, yeah. Yeah, but I actually really enjoyed the first part. Um, there, they made some major changes, obviously, from the book to the movie, and even miniseries to the remake. I think but, it was closer to the book than the miniseries was. It absolutely was. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot close. I mean, there was aspects in the twenty seventeen movie that weren't even considered for the remake and let's be honest for a horror movie the fact that they ramped up the gore and blood in 2017 compared to what it was in the miniseries in 1990 did get a thumbs up for me that one yeah for sure i also appreciate the fact to the fact that um i felt for the most part Bill Skarsgård didn't just come out and blatantly outright copy Tim Curry like mannerism for mannerism. He He was completely different. Pennywise. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's obviously some similarities, but right, but there was still not enough that you would consider them carbon copies. And I think the fact that he did that and opted to go and make it his own the way he did I give him credit for that so yes right. it 2017 number five um what were you gonna say leah no i was just going to say uh i i agree with uh your summary of this movie i think that the first one um is <clears throat> far better than the second part i did not <clears throat> like part two as much um I actually, it is uh, my first honorable mention. So I think it's funny that we we swapped those two. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah. The, honestly, the reason quarantine got the nod is because um, 
I'm a big Tim Curry stan. I love Tim Curry. And so uh, I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to put you uh, in my number five because <laughs> I still like the miniseries better, even though it's, <laughs> it's worse. Let's, let's be real. No, it's good. And, <laughs> you know, we've, we've kind of talked about this because yeah, Bill Skarsgård did while yes, there are similarities with like, you know, the makeup and the whatever they're two completely like when you see Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise, you know that guy's fucking scary and dangerous. Like you don't want to go near him. 100%. Tim Curry is Pennywise. Looks like your run of the mill clown, especially in the you know seventies, eighties, nineties. So he looks approachable if you like clowns, which I one hundred percent do not. But if you like clowns, he looks like a clown you could go up to and be like, oh. And then he turns like into a monster. So yes. it's just two different ways to approach it. But I think they're both great. But yes, I we adore Tim Curry. Oh. I love, I love that man yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. So good. oh you've definitely missed some good episodes then <laughs> we <laughs> we did some episodes about clue and yeah we we I love tim curry uh, um did next, rock, you know, well i did rocky horror picture show mm-hmm. on mine last year i did the miniseries last september so yeah i mean tim curry is a cinematic genius in my yeah. opinion. 100%. If anybody ever wants to do a Muppet Treasure Island, I'm in. Oh. <laughs> that movie is so good. And he carries it on his back the whole time. Uh, the Worst Witch. Listen, I'm here for all these Tim Curry movies. Oh, I don't know that one. Oh, my God. Ooh. The Worst Witch is like, a, I don't know. Okay, I'm writing that one down too. Earlier, it's uh, it has what's her name? Uh, Firuza uh, Burke is that her name in it? Uh, she pl- she's like a child. She plays this uh, the chick from the craft. Yes. Oh yeah. Uh, she plays like a young witch who's like really terrible at being a witch, and uh, she's in a school, and he plays like the Grand Wizard. Uh, Tim Curry does, and it is, you know what? Perfect for October. It's a it's a kids movie. Okay. Very much in the vein of like you know hocus pocus hocus pocus much worse production value much worse yeah i don't care about that (laughs) you have to check it out so good okay so it chapter one is my number two so i figured casey and i would have that i i almost stuck quarantine in on the premise that can you really put it 2017 in without considering both halves because that's the complete story true but then i thought no yeah i I think the way that that movie was done and i think initially what the initial idea was before they opted to go ahead and go chapter two was they wanted to see what the box office numbers did before because you the way it was done, you could almost, if it had tanked, then they could have just tied it up in a bow and just thrown it in the garbage and not worried about the second half. But then it came out and the opening weekend that it did, and it was like pretty much at that point of foregone conclusion, we're going back and doing chapter two. Yeah. Well, I felt like it, I but, mean, the miniseries was good, but that book deserved a proper telling of the whole story and even though it chapter two wasn't as good as the first one i i felt after reading the book i felt robbed in the miniseries of not getting all this extra story so i'm glad they split it into two movies and really like dug deep into the book and you got to see 
a lot more of what went on. But yeah, those kids were amazing. Yeah, but part of that too, yeah. though, was FCC regulations on what you could, no, you could show on broadcast. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I know. I just, I just, I think that was a story that was primed for necessarily realize. Yeah. Gotcha. And I loved seeing uh, Finn Wolfhard in a completely different role uh, from Mike in Stranger Things. He's he's playing Richie, and he's just like yeah. you know foul mouth little pervert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he was so good. Oh my was gosh, good. he's yeah. an amazing actor. Amazing. He was very good. I personally, honestly, think he stole that movie. Yeah, just I, my I own agree. personal opinion. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, that was my number two. Um, so one my number us. five, one for us. My number five is <laughs> Casey. Don't hang up the call. <laughs> I have reasons. Hold on. Where Where is my exit meeting? No. <laughs> my number five is the remake of the 1978 John Carpenter classic Halloween. 2017's Halloween by Rob Zombie. And as someone whose favorite movie in the entire world is 1978's Halloween, the reason, stop, Casey. Yeah, okay. he's having a whole conniption over here. <laughs> I'm trying to contain my conniptions that we've had this discussion before. We have had this discussion before, but I don't fully share your feelings. So here's the deal I'm not a big Rob Zombie person. Um, and I, you know, this movie was hard for me to watch at first because it is a completely different retelling of the story that we know, but that's also why I like it. Well, well, I stand firm in the belief that I think Michael Myers should be this mystical, you know, the way John Carpenter told him is the way it should be told. We don't know why he does what he does. We don't know who's behind the mask, what drives him. Like, that's what makes him scary. But at the same time, if you think of it as a separate entity, I like the telling of this shitty childhood and of, you know, his his anger and then his sister, you know, going like having more insight into her life. And I don't know. It was just I appreciated it as a different telling of the story, but keeping some of the same core values in there. So. Yeah. I know you hate me, Casey. I will say, Rob I Zombie will say Halloween this. 2 was absolute hot garbage. <laughs> but I enjoy well, it. You said freaking Halloween 2. No. The remake. I That's not even a remake. this freaking call right now. There is nothing in that movie no, that not, resembles it, Halloween 2 except for the thing there's a the hospital. Same, the, only, <laughs> I was gonna say, the only thing the same in those two movies is the fact that there's a 2 in the title. But right. I will go, I will contain my rage for your pick by saying this. There's definitely, in my opinion, a little bit more of an element of realism in Rob Zombie's version of Halloween. And I thought that kid that played like young Michael he, was fantastic. He could go from zero to freaking completely psychotic. Yeah. like that yeah i mean and no offense to john carpenter's vision if you're gonna go with like a bloodline type storyline to me the nature versus nurture aspect 
seems more real in Rob Zombie's vision than what it was would have been in John Carpenter's vision. But as we all know, that's not what John that's Carpenter not what he intended. intended for. Yeah. Yeah. So I will not completely hot Carl all over your freaking <laughs> choice. Thank you. Thank you. I knew you weren't going to like that just, one, but. Just, it, it threw okay. me off because I didn't think you would go there, but I know, and it's your, it's your opinion, and you're entitled to be wrong. <laughs> anyway, yeah, what do you got for number? F- oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say I, that movie is not on my list. Um, that being said, I I've seen both. Obviously, the you know the original John Carpenter's is a classic for a reason. Um, yeah. The the Rob Zombie movie was a good movie. Mm-hmm. I I saw that in a theater. I did not I did. walk out of there like oh, I hate this. But I didn't like it for the exact reason that you were just talking about. Um, because it it did such a good job of humanizing Michael mm-hmm. Myers in a way that I didn't want to see that character humanized. Right. So while I can appreciate it as a good remake, and he took it in a different direction and that's fine and I get why a lot of people do like it that's the same reason I don't like it so yeah, yeah. and I 100% agree with that because I I make that argument all the time Michael Myers is not supposed to be humanized we're not supposed to feel sorry for him we're not supposed yeah. to wonder why he does anything I just I just think it's still a good movie yeah. and maybe it needs to be treated as a, a standalone movie versus as a remake I so agree. maybe in if I think about it that way, maybe it doesn't belong on this list, but I don't know. No, it's your Either list. way, it's Give there. Anyway. It's I have all kinds list. of feelings about it. It's okay. It is your <laughs> list, but um, I think it was when we did the Halloween 2 episode on An Evening at the Movies where I basically coined that Halloween is a children adventure franchise where yeah. because of the different various storylines as a fan right wrong or indifferent you can basically pick and choose which story you want to love and yeah there's 27 different timelines follow (laughs) yeah you want to fall yeah you you want to be in love with john carpenter's vision and go yes (laughs) one maybe two 2018 whatever kills and then ends or do you want the bloodline do you want rob zombie blah 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 and i I think there's a way to appreciate them all for different reasons i don't have to appreciate halloween for nothing (laughs) well except for halloween six we can leave that off of every list ever (laughs) just like we leave nightmare on elm street 2 off of my list Okay, Leah, what do you have for number four? All right. Number four. This pick used to be controversial, but it's not anymore because this movie is gaining traction. Uh, I have 2001's 13 Ghosts, the remake oh. of the 1960 movie. Um, oh, the phase. Of the I never knew that was controversial. Phase. Yeah, a lot of people, uh, so when the movie came out, when 13 Ghosts mm. came out in 2001, people did not like it very much. Um, oh, I did. I, 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 loved, I loved it. it. Loved it. 
Um, such a good movie. And honestly, this is one of the cases where uh, the original, I don't know if you guys have ever watched the original one from 1960. Um, haven't. It's not that good. Hot take. It's not that good. Okay. Um, the acting is a little weird. The story is a little weird. They, they do um, weird stuff with like the ghosts. Uh, it's like, cause I mean, it's 1960. Like so sexual like, stuff or oh, no. no, that's <laughs> not kidding. what I mean, but that's what it sounds like. Um, no, not but, 1960. Yeah. They, um, they, they don't have like CGI, which I mean, CGI ghosts are bad enough as it is. So they have to do weird <laughs> camera tricks to try to make ghosts happen. And yeah. it just looks silly. And that coupled with bad acting just makes the movie. It, <laughs> it's rough. It's a, per, for me personally, it's a rough watch. But the 2001 version, not only do they not have that issue and like the effects are much better, um, they also, they totally reinvented it by taking them out of like a creepy old mansion and putting them in this big glass futuristic house with these spinning gears and Mm -hmm. crazy shit happening all the time. Uh, And Matthew Lillard can do no wrong in my eyes. It doesn't (laughs) matter what he does. And Tony Shalhoub in a horror movie. Come on. It's, it's, yeah. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. I didn't know that was a remake, honestly. I don't know how I didn't know that, but I didn't. I love 13 Ghosts. Yep, so good. I have if even George likes 13 no Ghosts, I think. I to go watch the original now. Yeah, I might have to. Really? You should. Yeah. you should. Yeah, my husband hates horror movies, but I, I think he likes 13 Ghosts. If that's the movie I'm remembering that I think he likes. I'm pretty sure he does. Speaking of your husband and his love of horror, did you show him what you got in the mail? Yeah, he thought it was cool. Okay, what came in the mail? Like, I need Damn to know what came George? in the mail. Blake, I, I went sit- to some, like, uh, horror movie <laughs> dildo or something. I'm sorry. I- Ooh. <laughs> it was that blanket I sent you the picture of. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yes. That was really cool. Yeah. I want one. Well, we could possibly make that happen. That can yeah, be no, possibly he cool. arranged. He, I mean, he's not opposed to me having horror movie stuff or whatever. It's just not his jam. I get that. My husband's not into horror movies. Wait a minute. Is that your Pomigo shirt that I see in the background? Uh, No, the it's... Foreground? Uh, that's Oklahoma City Thunder shirt, bro. <laughs> you know you like it. Anyway. And I believe... <laughs> Word you're looking for is anyway. <laughs> Did you have thirteen ghosts on your list, Casey? Number two honorable mention. Oh, nice. Unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that was a remake. That's that's very interesting. That's so good. So good. No, I love the newer. I think, and from the way Leah described it this might be one of the only times that the remake is probably better than the original. Yeah. And that's tough. It is tough. But I have one other we example. We might on my list. revisit another Ooh, one. That's- yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering if we're on this. I have, I have another movie on here that I think fits that bill, but we'll, we'll see when we get there. Okay. I might have one. I might have one or two more on my list that, I don't think my number four does, but either way. All right. What's your number four, Casey? So my number four is, okay. So the star of this movie 
I know there's probably a big er ish gap in between the first movie I remember seeing him in and this movie. But by the time I finally watched the first movie, the his first movie that I saw and then followed it up with this movie, there's such completely polar opposite roles. And this is just not necessarily a quality pick per se as much as a nostalgia pick. But my number four is the horror remake starring Deadpool himself, Ryan Reynolds, the Amityville Horror. Very nice. It's a great remake. I it's I love it too. Remake, yeah. I'm honestly uh, another hot take potentially. I'm not a huge Amityville fan in general. Is all kind of like overblown and the stuff that's come out recently about like, hey, it's probably all fake. Kind of like right. it for me. But that remake, though, in my opinion, way better than the original. That's it's not on my list, but like it would be an honorable mention for me. It's a fantastic remake. Love it. I think that. The remake actually ramped up some of the horror per se that yeah. mm-hmm. they didn't do as much back in what seventy eight or seventy nine, whatever year it was that the original came out. Yeah. And not to say that the original didn't have OMG moments in it, but I it's mean, two James completely Brolin. different wow. areas of film. Low, James Rowland, Lois Lane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah I mean, that was I like my the, number one honorable mention. Yeah, it's really good. To me, what the hell was I going to say? Sorry. It For me, the whole, I see what Leah is saying about the franchise and all of that. And for me, it was mostly all I'm a sham. As much yeah, I, I became bitter after the whole Blair Witch Project was proven to be a sham. <laughs> because I got into the whole, all the documentaries that were released before the movie came out. And well, that shit actually happened. Yeah, yeah right. I'm a gullible <laughs> freaking rube. But for me, like the original and then the remake are like the two best parts of that enti- entire franchise. So, 100%. yeah, yeah. Nostalgia and I think, purposes. I had. Well, to I think Ryan Reynolds. And... Ryan Reynolds played a better George because he was likable. Like I feel like James Brolin, even before all the stuff started happening, he was still just kind of a dick. Like he wasn't that likable. Yeah. So I automatically wasn't like I didn't feel as bad for him. Whereas with Ryan Reynolds, you liked him. And of course, part of that's because he was hot. But James Brolin was hot back in the day, too. So for his time. But I. What? Brolin and Ryan Reynolds are to the Amityville Horror. What Nicholson and Stephen Weber are to The Shining. Mm. I did not find Jack Nicholson to be attractive. (laughs) No. Oh no. Steven Weber's hot. (laughs) Tim Arnold will tell you that Steven Weber is hot. I know. (laughs) Um um, no, I think 
kind of in the same way. From the get-go in The Shining, Nicholson is, to me, just very dickish. Yeah. Where Weber, in the early stages of the uh, the miniseries, has some personable, redeemable quality to him. Yeah. He hasn't started the downhill or downward spiral into the overlook. But the thing is, unless you read... Unless you read the book, you don't know that Jack is a dick. Like, watching the miniseries Shining versus the Kubrick movie, if you haven't read the book, you Jack could go either way. If, if you read the book, yeah. you know the guy's a dick from the get-go. He exactly. presents himself as a, you know, whatever, but he is a textbook narcissist. I have said this forever, and I will say it every day. Jack is just the worst. So... I get what you're saying because yeah, Jack Nicholson did play him as a dick from the get-go, but that's the source material. Yeah. I yeah, I've heard people complain about this before, how Jack Nicholson is never likable in that movie. I'm like, the character is not likable in the book. Yeah, <laughs> he is not. Um, so he's just well, no, I mean you're what barely 20, 25 pages into the book when you find out he broke his toddler's arm for yeah. messing up his papers. Yeah, it's really early. I mean, what kind of yeah. dick breaks moment. a toddler's arm? Yeah, there's no redeeming him. The only <laughs> thing I moment. will say that Stephen Weber did versus something Jack Nicholson never did, and it could have just been the way Kubrick and did the movie, is that in the book, you get moments where Jack breaks and goes, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. I feel so guilty. I feel like a piece of yeah. shit. And Stephen Weber did that in the miniseries. In the Kubrick movie, you never get that. He never yeah, feels never. bad about anything. He's just yeah. an asshole. So I agree. I'll I'll give credit to the miniseries for that for sure. Um, but yeah, Ryan Reynolds is likable in this movie as George. You could tell he likes the kids. He's trying to be cute with them. He's trying to get in their good graces. Whereas the James Brolin version of George, just like I'm the dad, and that's it. You do what I say. So I agree. I agree. Great choice, Casey. I it almost made my top five. What? That was one of the ones I thought you might have. So yeah. that was my possibly number three. It it was and hard to leave now off. Now the more I think about it, I'm not sure we're gonna have. <laughs> no, I no, I, I, I know. know definitely we'll have one. So my number if four we is don't actually have one. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I don't know. My number four is actually what replaced Amityville Horror. Um, and I have I have reasons for that. And mainly the reason is that it scared me more. That's really the only reason. The Amityville remake was really good and it did scare me a little. But this remake actually really scared me in the theater. So this is why I picked it. So my number four is the remake of the 1974 Toby Hooper classic. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And it's the 2003 remake. So the uh, Jessica Beale, I guess, is who you would know from that movie. Yeah. Um, why why the face? WTF. Number three, honorable mention. <laughs> you guys are good at picking off my honorable mentions. I just I thought that this movie was a very I mean, there's been all kinds of different texas chainsaw remakes reboots whatever but 
I thought this one did a really good job of telling the basically the exact same story as the 1974 version. And it was scary. I mean, I remember being in the theater and like grabbing on to my friend next to me. Like, you know, I had seen the 1974 version. And by that, I think because that was a little too young for us. Like when I watch that now, it's just gross to me. It's not really scary. But this one scared me. Like, you know, when he puts on the boyfriend's face and when, um, you know, the cops like got them down on the ground and she's just like sobbing and then they've got, you know, the chainsaw right next to her face. Like, I just thought, I thought Jessica Biel did a good job as, you know, you know, it's a cheesy horror movie, but I thought it was a pretty solid remake that didn't, it didn't make, what's the word I'm trying to find? I felt like it did the original justice, but updated it. I so. agree. It didn't deviate too far from the source material. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't shit on the original. It just, you know, made it with new people, but still kept it like kind of in the same time period. But they and... still gave you an, they still gave you enough to where it was its its own remake and its own re- vision. Yeah. Right. But yeah, they updated it. It was I agree. It, it was wasn't a carbon copy. Yeah. And, and I liked the extra, the added part with the baby where she rescues the little baby and whatever, like, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, it, it, it was a lot more, I think it was more gory for sure. Or maybe, maybe not. Maybe they just sh- showed more. I, yeah. I think that that's it. I think that the way they shoot things and the fact that we have like better prosthetics and stuff like that, they can, I don't want to say glorify, but sort of glorify the gore in a different way than they right. did in the seventies. Um, and yeah, I, I yeah. agree. the The remake is fantastic. It's uh, it elevates the story, I think, and it updates yeah. it. Um, it didn't make my list, but I did just rewatch it like in the past week, just because I love it so much. That's such yeah. a good movie. I love, and it. it felt more emotional too. Like again, when he puts on the boyfriend's face and she sees that, yes. and when the friend is hanging from the meat hook and she has to kill him, like. It it made it more of a personal story versus just this horror gorish thing that terrifies you. So, yeah, I was gonna say I the original was more, more pure gore slash horror where I think value. the remake added an element. Yeah, I think the remake added a level of psychology that the original movie didn't have. Yeah, maybe not. Uh, completely like PhD level psychology, but there's an element of emotion and psychology in the remake that wasn't in the original. Yeah. No offense to the original. The original is a classic. No, it's fantastic and groundbreaking. So, all right. Well, so, so far, it's only me and Casey having one in common, not counting honorable mentions, but Leah, let's see what you have for your number three. Okay, this is one that I'm counting on being on both of your lists. I could be way off base, though. So we'll see. Okay. My number three is the 1982, was it? 1982? Yeah, 1982. John Carpenter's The Thing. Uh, remake of the 1951 The Thing from Another World. Uh, Honorable mention. Oh, no. Really? <laughs> yeah. So what? close. My number three. Yeah, look at you guys. Same spot. Woo. Same spot. 
Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what there's to say about this movie that there isn't, that hasn't already been said. Uh, the, the practical effects in this movie are on a whole other level. They are so good that to the, I just watched this movie yesterday. Nice. You still watch it and go, how did they do that? And it was 1982. Um, yeah. I, yeah. It's, it's scary. It like from the from the get go, you're just building all this tension. Mm-hmm. And by the time you finally realize what's going on, the dread is to the point where you're like, "Oh my god, who's infected?" It's so well acted. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, that I I could talk about this movie all night. It's amazing. Uh, it, and the uh, the next the they remade it again in like 2011. Hot garbage. Hot I garbage. watch it. It was so bad because they tried to do CGI and that's not why we like the thing. It was right. about the practical effects. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Such a good movie. Well, Casey and I have talked about that at length on different episodes of both shows about how CGI versus practical effects. And for me personally, you know, I appreciate I appreciate practical effects because it requires so much more work and ingenuity. Like, for example, what we've talked about, Nightmare on Elm Street, the scene with Glenn getting killed and all the blood coming out of the bed. Like, you could do that with a computer and it would be fine, but I appreciate the work that went into that for them having to actually do that in real life and not have any kind of computer effects to help them out. That scene, literally, they had to bolt everything down in a rotating room. Yeah. And then strap Wes Craven into a freaking camera seat rotate the room upside down and then yeah film everything which is the same thing they did for tina's death scene they made everything in the room upside down and that chick got sick from from doing that but it looks amazing agreed yeah the practical but if you didn't see the behind the scenes stuff you wouldn't know that that's what they did no i mean yeah and watching it you're going how is she on the ceiling yeah Yeah. and then even like the johnny depp's death i mean volcano right yeah it's crazy there's probably other practical ways they could have done that without having to do the strapping everything down but you know i think they were probably going more for staying on budget since it was literally freddie was the movie that made new line it's true well and that's one of those things that you get one take to do that especially if you're on a budget you don't get multiple takes to pull off a trick like that like so you gotta hope it all works was but west did not have a huge budget at all for nightmare one no yeah but i mean on the topic of practical effects there is one scene i defy anybody to find a more terrifying scene in a movie whenever uh in um in the thing where the one guy he like he goes into cardiac arrest and they have him on the table and the doctor gets out the defibrillator and goes to hit his chest with it and the dude's chest just opens up and latches onto the dude's arms and just bites them off and the guy's just like with his stumps terrifying (laughs) i know it's coming and every time i'm still like ah so good yeah that's insane uh, Casey, anything else you wanted to mention about the thing? I will say this, and you better 
leave this in the episode because it's the only time you're ever going to hear it come out of my mouth again. <laughs> this movie and Halloween 78 are the one and two reasons why John Carpenter is a better Hollywood or horror icon than Wes Craven. Oh, those are fighting words. You're going to get everybody riled up. No, those are accurate words and they belong <laughs> in this episode and every episode for sure. Wes Craven's a man, don't get me wrong, but John Carpenter is the legend. I honestly think, and it kills me, you can leave this one in too because it'll probably be the last time you hear it as well, but if there was no Halloween in 78, there would have been no Nightmare on Elm Street in 1994. Just saying. There I said it. Thank you. Let's move on. To, <laughs> let's move on to your number three now, please. I feel like I'm about ready to have an aneurysm. Oh man, you're just admitting the truth to yourself. Finally, it's good Thank to hear. I am crazy. not admitting shit. You just did. Okay. I I don't remember saying anything. Anyway, you have Amanda, an on your tape. number three is okay. My number three is a a newer-ish one, not as new as it, but a little newer. And it is the remake of the 1976 Brian De Palma classic, Carrie from 2013. Oh. You don't like this one? Oh. That that is a spicy pick. I don't know how <laughs> I feel about it. Casey, it's your number two. Oh, yep. really? Mm. okay i want to hear i want to hear your thoughts okay so in in my defense before amanda goes into her 90 second plot summary (laughs) um amanda knows very well that i am a king nerd so i couldn't leave me too carry up and once she's done her spiel i'll chime in with my thoughts on carrie as well but I couldn't leave it off the list and I couldn't swap it for where it was. Nope. Okay. I just, I, it's hard to remake a Stephen King movie. It, it many have tried and failed. Um, it many was a good one. Tried and failed to make a Stephen Pet King Cemetery movie. was trash. It was, it was bad. Like, I'm trying to think what else. I don't know. Um, I didn't think the stand miniseries was that great. The remake, the limited series, whatever, like, so it's, it's a hit and miss. Um, but I thought Carrie did a really good job. I thought Chloe Grace Moritz was a good Carrie. I don't think she was as homely as Sissy Spacek. I think she might've been a little too pretty for the choice, but I still feel like she did a really good job. Now they did update the timeline. So Obviously, it's not a shot-for-shot remake because it's in a different time period. So you've got cell phones and this and that, whatever. Um, I thought Julianne Moore was great. She was. As her mom, you know, the birth scene in the beginning, holy fuck. Like yeah, it was good. It was good. So I appreciated it as an updated version of the original. And I don't know. I just really liked it. I was surprisingly happy with how it turned out. So, again, with 
some similarity to it chapter one the remake in what was it 2013 mm-hmm. is actually that much more faithful to the actual book as well because you get some of the backstory and stuff that the poem didn't give you as much of in right. the original so to me that gets to me in my opinion I've seen enough King movies to know that his stuff gets butchered gets adapted mm-hmm. for the most part unless you're basically like big five and if you can take and re- remake one of his cl- and Carrie is one of the classic horror films of all time yeah my opinion the fact that it's been remade not once but twice oh that other one is off oh god it's so cringy (laughs) i know after like two years after the chloe remake came out they started talking about a third remake as well i hope they don't but yeah, they I captured lightning in a enough. bottle. They, well, my opinion is they captured lightning in a bottle with this movie, and it could have been a lot worse than what it was. I don't necessarily think it's perfect per se. There's negative aspects of this movie. There's positive aspects as well, but for the most part, I think they did a pretty good job at being as faithful as possible to king's book and my opinion has always been if you can stay faithful to as faithful as possible to king's book then <clears throat> i will always tip my hat to you for that because it doesn't happen very often yeah so that was my thought so what are your thoughts leah and that was why it made i think so um i saw the remake in theaters i think Chloe Grace Moretz did a really good job. Um, I, I don't. I so I have. I haven't watched this movie since I saw it in theaters. Um, that being said, the original um, is like burned into my brain. Right there mm-hmm. are some. There are some camera shots from that original that just like pop. You know, the eyes wide, the color, mm-hmm. the blood. Um, yeah. And while I don't have that same experience with the remake. I do agree that um, it was well acted. Chloe Grace Moretz was great. Julianne Moore was great. Um, so I, I can see why people like it. I also I know a lot of people who super dunk on this movie all the time. So that's why I was like, oh, this is a spicy pick. But yeah, yeah I like it. I like it. It's a good movie. And I think some people take issue with it, kind of like Rob Zombie's Halloween or other ones that do the same thing, that take it out of the time that it was in and update it to a more current so I understand that some people take issue with that. In this case, I thought I liked the twist with the, you know, having the cell phone video and just, you know, whatever. I thought, yeah, it's not exactly true to the original, but sometimes you had to update stuff to get a newer audience. So, you know, I agree. And when, okay when, you're, when you have a movie that 
is almost a perfect movie. The original Carrie is a fantastic yeah. movie. Uh, and there's almost nothing that you would need to change about it to make it better. So if right. you're setting out to make a remake of it, the only thing you can do is update it, change it, give us something different. And that's what they did with the remake, yeah. which is, again, why you said a lot of people don't like it, but I can appreciate it for what it is. Because if 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 you don't do that and you do a shot for shot remake, you get the remake of Psycho, which is one of the worst things I've ever seen in my entire life. Exactly. So you it's don't need like a shot for shot remake of an already iconic movie. Yeah. <laughs> Are you yeah, insinuating exactly. that Vince Vaughn as Norman Bates was not up to your liking? I adore Vince Vaughn. That movie was utter shit. <laughs> Terrible. It was hot garbage times infinity. And I can't yeah. stand Anne Heche, but that's not the point. <laughs> oh, no. Psycho uh, is one of those movies. Vince Vaughn was garbage in that movie. Anne Heche was garbage in that movie. There was nothing. And it literally was one of those movies where it basically was a shot for shot remake. Of yeah, and it was terrible. Hitchcock's I mean, if Rob Zombie and... had tried to exactly remake John Carpenter's Halloween, I would have hated it. Because yep. you can't do that. You can't take a movie that is absolute perfection and try to replicate it. You have to do something different or it's just terrible. I agree. I don't yeah. care if you take, you know, a hot garbage movie and remake it. You can't go shot for shot and remake a movie. You need to bring something else yeah, to the table. I hate that. I hate that. And they did not do that with Psycho. Yeah. A lot of the stuff that we've talked about, they did that to a certain extent, some more than others. But, you know, I still have one more movie to discuss. And yeah, I'm sure that okay. subject will get brought up again here in a hot minute because this, my number one is a great movie. So. All right, well, uh, Leah's the only with two picks left, so what's your number two? All right, number two. Widely considered one of the greatest remakes of all time, because it is. Um, this is the 1978 remake of a 1956 classic movie, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Let me just say. Fantastic. This is an example Ooh. of two movies that are both amazing mm -hmm. and I, I have to tell you the moment that i knew that these movies were special so the first movie is just good it's like it's not scary it's like you're watching clue that's what that's <laughs> what it feels like you're watching clue play out um the acting is amazing it's like perfect old hollywood stuff but the moment in the first movie where um the lead i can't think of his name right now rushes out into traffic and he's like oh they're coming to get me right and all the <laughs> the invasion of the body snatcher aliens are like nobody's gonna believe him and in the 1978 movie in the very opening when they're in the taxi cab going or not taxi cab they're just driving down the road or whatever and the same actor comes running out into traffic and is pounding on the windows like they're coming they're coming <laughs> It's perfect. They leaned into so in the first movie they um they're like you know they they hold back the alien thing. You're trying to figure out what's happening the whole time. And in the remake, they show you in the opening credits. Here are these pods. They're coming. We know you know what's happening in this movie. So that's not that's not what we're that's not what we're about. This time, you know the aliens are coming. 
And it's just, you're going to watch the slow descent as they take over and it's perfection. And, oh, again, I could talk about this movie all day. So good. Perfection. That is an amazing pick. I didn't even think about that, but that is so good. That's so good. And I haven't seen the original in a long time. Like I, I'll do these little things like usually in October or whatever, where I watch all these old school, like I do all the universal monsters. I do all these old school horror movies and yeah. um, it's been a minute since I've seen that one, but I'm with you on that. The original, yeah, I totally. It's on prime and totally space right that now. one off. Okay. I knew as soon as you said the years, I was like, oh, fuck, I forgot Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Oh, oh, so good. Okay. Writing it down to go rewatch. Both both movies are insanely incredible. And you know what? I have an ingenious idea. Why don't we do both as part of Halloween Horror Fest on an evening. That'd be cool. That'd be fun. I'm all about a whole invite Leah on. Yeah. And we can can invite Leah on to join us as we discuss the epic greatness that is Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I'm all in. That's the name of the lead actor from the first movie, Kevin McCarthy. He's the one that was in the beginning of the second one. It took me forever. I have notes, so I had to go find his name because I wanted to do him justice. Um, oh that is so cool such good and, movies yeah I last year I um I'm not saying this to bum anybody out just to give context of why I was up all night watching movies I had a miscarriage and I couldn't sleep so I mm. spent like four or five nights in a row I would just be up all night I would sleep a little and then I would sleep some during the day but I just couldn't like get on a schedule so I would stay up all night and just watch all I literally watched was old black and white monster movies. And Casey can attest to this because I would message him and be like, look, I'm watching Dracula. Look, I'm watching The Wolfman. Look, I'm watching Night of the Living Dead. Because <laughs> it was just like a good distraction. Uh, listen, they're so good. And yeah. for the longest time, I didn't think I would be a fan of of like old movies like that. Um, but then I went down a rabbit hole one day of just I binge watching them. all these like 1950s and older horror movies. And I was just in love yeah me too well you get to go again because our number twos are already knocked out so what's your number one okay okay guys uh let me i there has to be like a drum roll for this but i don't know yeah so so the evil dead the 2014 remake of the 1981 classic and here's why here's why it's better than all the other ones on my list okay because the original Evil Dead is campy perfection, right? I love the that only, movie. Yeah. The only movie that can be as good as it is the Evil Dead 2 because it's just even crazier, bonkers, off the wall. Same story, <laughs> just different, different insanity. The remake said, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take that movie and make it terrifying. And that's what they did. That movie is the last time that I was legitimately scared in a movie theater. And I'm talking like holding on to my then boyfriend, now husband's arm. Like, oh my God, this is horrifying. The, The makeup is so good. The effects are so good. I still, to this day, when people are like, what's something that really like scared you in a movie? I immediately think to like her peeking up out of that trap door with these like creepy eyes. (laughs) 
that that is it's it is a great remake and a great movie um it's perfection it's perfection i agree it is one of my honorable mentions it is not my number one but i am totally with you it's so good i watched it like a couple months ago again i was like oh my god and i love the original evil dead so much Same. same it's one of my favorite franchises of all time um bruce campbell can do no wrong in my eyes um, but yeah, I love that. Evil Dead, second greatest horror franchise behind Nightmare on Elm Street. No, Halloween is the greatest franchise, then Nightmare on Elm Street, then Evil Dead. <laughs> Those three would definitely be in my top five. I'm not sure what order, what yeah. order these would all come in, but yeah. Yeah, we, we had a talk about this recently because thinking about the best franchises and like, you know, Casey was getting mad at me because I don't even think I put Friday the 13th in my top five. I don't know. It's not in my it. top five. Scream has to be in there. Scream's really good. I do I mean, love I don't know. Scream. Scream's I don't, in my top five. I could almost make an argument for Friday the 13th barely making my top 10, let alone top five. Of, of horror franchises? Is, I think it would make my top 10. I don't think I it, it makes my top 10. It's like barely. Like franchises, not as individual movies, but as. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm. The individual moments from early in franchise are what's saving it from being out of the top 10. Yeah. For real. Because it's not one of the. We can discuss that on a later date and time. Okay. If I go Another down episode. this rabbit hole, <laughs> yes. we're going to be here for, yeah. So, Casey, was Evil Dead your number one? No. Okay. It was my last honorable mention. I have no idea what your number one is. I'm intrigued. Mine? Yeah. It's your Francis turn. Ford, Francis Ford Coppola. I should have known. Dracula, only for the pure fact that I am a big time vampire. Gary Oldman as the count. Yeah. Yes, please. Yeah, no, that's a great I like movie. Gary Oldman. I love. There Gary are Oldman. aspects of the casting in that movie that I don't particularly care for. I won't name any names, <laughs> but. She used to date Johnny Depp. <laughs> oh, you don't like her in that movie? I like her. I thought she was great. I've seen her in worse movies, but I have also seen her in better movies as well. All right, and fair. I don't refer to her by her birth name anymore. Jen and I have officially renamed her Wino. Wino. Oh, Wino forever. Wino forever. <laughs> no, that's, no, that's I, a good choice. I think that's a great choice. I remember growing up thinking, not knowing a whole lot of the story of Dracula. And I actually saw this movie before I saw the Bella Lugosi mm. black and white. 1991, man. That's a long time ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very long. <coughs> but. When I first saw Coppola's version, is is 
a definite of, for lack of a better term, beauty to this story because of the fact that it's a a horror love story at the same time. I mean, the bond between um, Dracula and Mia. And then, yeah, it, it it's just an amazing movie, and it's beautiful. The way, it is beautiful. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. <laughs> the way that Coppola, I mean, not anything negative to say against the nineteen thirty one version, but the visuals in the remake were just to me spot on perfection well the difference the in technology dark, plays a huge part in that well oh yeah big time but yeah i mean the dark misty gothic visuals and it just completely encapsulated everything about that story I mean, in the 1931 version, when they've got the bat flying, you can totally tell that's a bat on a string and they're just flopping it up and down. But yeah, you have to appreciate it for what it is. (laughs) Yep. They tried. They did the rest with what they had. And it's still a great movie. I just watched that the other day, too. Super entertaining to watch to this day. But I love I love old movies. I love all the old universal monsters. They're my favorite. They have a special place in my heart. Same. okay well that was on my honorable mention list as well it was not my number one i'm a little disappointed nobody had my number one on their list actually but i'm curious if it's my last honorable mention um so mine is the remake of the 1998 hideo nakata japanese film the ring from 2002 was that it uh no okay um but that one should have also been so so that movie was the other one that was fighting over my fifth slot with quarantine because i love the ring i love the ring yeah such a good movie it's it's terrifying like i mean it's it's it could be fair to say it's a thriller versus a horror but i think the fact of so much death makes it more horror i mean could you imagine watching some random videotape and then getting a phone call that says you're going to die in seven days and then your kid watches it and now you're like trying to figure out what the hell and the whole story is just very crazy and twisted and you think you know what's happening and then Uh, you don't uh, and and then that chick climbs out of the fucking tv and you're just like what (laughs) i saw that movie twice uh in movie theaters and it terrified me both times. Me Granted, too. At the time I was like 13, 14 years old. So again, prime like movie watch to be like terrified. I saw <laughs> it with two different friend groups and both times we ended up like cuddling, terrified to go to sleep that night because it is that good. It was scary. It was so yeah. scary. Yeah. And and the original is very good as well. Obviously, you have to watch it with subtitles. Um, I recommend watching it with subtitles and not a dubbed version. But yeah, I also, I, I also have a huge aversion to dubbed movies. I hate them. Yeah, I'd rather read subtitles. Same. Um, so they're both great. But yeah, I just thought Naomi Watts was incredible, and I just thought 
that whole movie was so scary without being you know overly graphic or gory and yeah i think it has a pg-13 rating doesn't it probably i mean but nobody can lie and say they were not freaked out when that chick climbed out of the well and then out of the tv like oh my god yeah it's a it's a pg-13 movie it is a nice. great example of you don't need gore and an R rating and boobies to sell movies. Exactly. Um, or because, a bunch of F-bombs. Yeah, it was, it was so good. Yeah, when she's climbing out of the well and Samara's climbing up, uh, uh, following her, uh, mm-mm, no, thank you. That is yeah. When she's in the kitchen pulling that thing. Oh, oh, oh God, yeah. No, <laughs> no, thank you. Um, yeah. It, yeah, it's so good. It's so good. I agree. I uh, still think it should probably be on my list we need to do yeah, top six it's, it, it's an incredible movie and i just rewatched it recently and i still was like <coughs> super tense even though i knew it was going to happen i was still like tensed up so i remembered watching it for the first time and just being really scared like what the hell is happening and then the story of that little girl is just so sad you know yeah so. except for was it in the first one where they show the tapes of yeah it is the first one where yeah they show the tapes and they're like you don't want to hurt people do you samara and she goes but i do and yeah i'm sorry yeah no <laughs> no she thank you hair and she lifts her head up like yeah, yeah. no thank you satan yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like horrifying not today. <laughs> not today but it's too late because you watch the tape yeah and the ending the ending Uh, so clever you know she uses her kid's hand to put it in and it goes black because they showed the movie to you yes yeah that was just such a good ending um this is it this is one of those examples of like I almost don't even want to compare this movie to the original because I don't think it's a fair comparison because movies that come out of other countries don't have the budgets that American movies have yeah um and they just they knocked this one out of the park. Yeah. It's it's just amazing. Yeah, if anyone hasn't seen the Japanese version, the original, I definitely recommend you watch it. It's very, very good. And yeah. I, you know, Japanese and Korean horror I think are really, really good. Um, Train to Busan is fantastic if you haven't oh. seen that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, obviously they don't get as much credit. And so, you know, when the ring came out, a lot of people didn't even know it was a remake. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's great. Well, all right. Wait, I have one more bonus pick. Okay. This is this is not this is not even really a pick because this movie doesn't deserve to be on any lists. But this is a movie that got a remake that I think was a good idea, but was horribly executed, partially due to the time frame it was made in, and partially due to the fact that it's just really bad. And that <laughs> is the 1999 movie House on Haunted Hill. That's on my honorable mention list. I love House on Haunted Hill. Okay, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. The 1959 original movie is so good. This is Vincent Price. This is the one I was talking about earlier. Yeah. It's so good because like there are moments in that movie where like, okay, this is like spoilers. I'm going to ruin the whole end of the movie. So if you haven't seen it, just like go This whole podcast comes with a spoiler disclaimer. It's fine. Um. So like when when the uh, skeleton is coming out of the acid at the end and she's like, oh, my God, it's so scary. You can see like the hole in this thing's head and it's clearly a <laughs> puppet. And you're like, this is so corny. And then it turns out it is a fucking puppet. Like Vincent Price's character <laughs> is puppeting this thing out of the acid. It's just <sighs> it's so good. Um, 
And so what the remake tried to do was to go, okay, in the original, there are no actual ghosts that happen on screen. It's all made up because this woman's trying to kill her husband who's trying to kill her. And it's like a whole, again, a game of clue. Right. Um, but the remake, they were like, no, 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 there are ghosts. Mm-hmm. We're going to give you ghosts. This is, this is a ghost movie, but the CGI is so bad and the acting is not that good it's not great i know but it's so 90s it's so 90s and dated so like at the time when i first saw this movie when i was a kid i thought it was terrifying and good i just watched it again two days ago i want a new one (laughs) i want a remake i want a remake of the remake where we actually get ghosts and i want it to be better that's what i want i can see that um yeah, that was one of my honorable mentions. I actually, yeah, it's cheesy and campy, but I really enjoyed it. And I yeah. love the original. Yeah. Oh, God, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> Casey? So I had one more that I wanted to bring up, and you and I kind of sort of briefly discussed it earlier. Okay. And it was actually a movie that you didn't even realize was a remake. But I wasn't. 100% convinced that I could classify this as a horror movie per se but uh, um, yeah. I guess in a way it is but it isn't but either way um, the other movie I had on my honorable mention PS list would be um, Red Dragon yeah I, I did not know Red Dragon was a remake I thought it was just from the yeah. book I didn't either when it came out and then I saw in the credits when I was in the movie theater based off of Manhunter by Thomas Harris and blah, 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 and like, or whatever, the, whatever, however it read. And I was like, okay. So I looked it up and it's actually a really, really, really bad interpretation of Pre Silence of the Lambs, Silence of the Lambs. Hmm. Yeah. The original movie is not great by any stretch of the imagination, but um, as you and I have both talked about, I am a huge mark for Hannibal Lecter. So I had to give it some kind of recognition. Yeah. Um, I have never seen uh, the original movie. Uh, that Manhunter movie. I've never seen it. I have seen Red Dragon. Don't so waste your time. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I can't speak to how much it it is faithful to the to the actual movie. But uh, I've read the books. Books are really good. And Hannibal Lecter is iconic. So I yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah. For real. No, and I have read the entire series in the book Hannibal Rising, yeah. Silence of the Lambs, Red Dragon, Hannibal. And I love three and a half out of the four of them. (laughs) Hannibal can be be a little bit much at the end. But um, no, and like I said, I'm a huge Lecter fan. And the fact that after seeing Red Dragon, I went and saw Manhunter and saw just how bad it was. It's like, oh my God, thank God I have red dragon to <laughs> cleanse my palate with because <laughs> manhunter is that bad 
Dang. And for crime TV series fans, the fact that um, Will Graham is played by Gil Grissom from CSI Las Vegas says a lot, too. I loved CSI when it was in its heyday, and yeah, his performance in that movie left a lot to be desired, so. The only other honorable mention I had that we haven't talked about, um, and this is kind of a, is a movie that I won't rewatch over and over, but I thought did the original Justice and was a good remake, was Mm. Last House on the Left. Um, that's a both versions are hard to watch at least like i pretty much fast forward through the rape scenes on both like i can't do it but other than that what's not to love about you know parents getting revenge on these people who they took in when they find out that they tried to kill their daughter like and the remake is super fucking gory like it is not for the faint of heart but um i thought they did a good job and that that horrible part aside i enjoyed it so yeah i yeah i thought it was good yeah i agree that's both fantastic movies yeah it definitely takes a strong stomach but it's still a good a good remake um so yeah i also had dawn of the dead i thought that was a pretty good remake. i was just gonna say dawn of the dead's on my list a great remake and the only other one i had is uh the crazies from 2010 Oh, that I haven't seen that. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, pretty good. I have not seen that. You should. The original is also pretty good. Uh, it's from like 1973, so it's a little like dated, but yeah. uh, both are both are really good. And the 2010 one has some decently scary moments. Um, it's a good remake. Hmm. Well, all right. So Casey and I had one in common, and the rest of us had nothing. I had one in common with Casey too. Uh, oh yeah the thing yeah, oh that's I right okay two. we did no not you and I. Oh. you and i had one lee and i had two what was the other one we had no we had casey two. we had it and carrie yeah you guys had it and carrie oh we had it okay yeah Either and then you and i had the thing okay so not too shabby oh pretty good well um Thank you, Leah, for being here. I'm super excited, and I hope we get to do more of this. This was fun. This was a lot um, of fun. Yeah, thank you for having me. I enjoyed this a lot. Tell, tell everybody again where to find uh, Slay the Stars. Yes, uh, you can find us on our website, slaythestars.com, uh, and on our Twitter, at Slay the Stars. And we have a million other things, but you can find all those links on the website. Yeah, just look it up. Just search yeah. it up, as the kids say. Yep. And, thank of course, so Casey... And I have an evening at the movies on all the all the places you can find the the, the stuff. Um, Facebook group, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. We're all over the place. The podcast is available on all major streaming platforms. Yeah. And evidently, after today, my month of light work is not going to be happening, and I'm going to be slammed. With yeah, we just took out a lot more stuff. That's cool. Well, yeah. We won't get into that, but yeah, we've got uh, Coraline coming up, uh, Rolling Shells High School Reunion coming up. 
the Hobbit part one, and then we're going to start the greatest Stephen King movie of all time tournament. And oh, man. On the 17th. We're going to have a bracket and we'll have voting. So we'll, we'll make we sure. Have to- a, we have a bracket ready to go right now. We just awesome. have to get to. Probably next week we'll announce first round matchups and then let the voting start and then we'll go from there. That's awesome. I can't wait. I will be voting. Strong opinions. Strong opinions. Oh, I can't wait. (laughs) Maybe we need to have you on the episode too. I'll be there. Yes. (laughs) You are more than welcome anytime on an evening at the movies. We would love to have you. Awesome. And I'm actually kind of excited. I was talking to a couple of different people about three or four of the first round matchups. And it's like, you would think that that's kind of a one-sided, but it could be a severe upset. So I'm yeah, people have strong opinions what, for sure we'll see. about these movies. Yeah. So I'm excited to see what people's opinions are and, Ultimately, what ends up becoming the first movie ever to become an icon on an evening at the movies as well, because that's what the movie is going to become if they win. That's pretty awesome. And I know it yeah. better not be The Shining. Bro, The Shining's going to be at least in the final four. I you know it. You know I it mean, oh, it's I'm one sure of the most iconic know. Stephen King films there is. I don't, I don't see it not going far. Okay. In my defense, it may not be a Final Four because it's in the same bracket as Dr. Sleep. They're not up against each other, are they? Not until the Elite Eight. Okay, well, you don't get Dr. Sleep if you don't have The Shining, so there it is. That's fair. Yeah, okay. Why don't you get a hold of Tim Arnold and tell him that? (laughs) I mean... The Shining is my favorite book of all time, and you know my feelings on the, the book the, versus the Shining the movie, is but... probably one of my top three favorite books of all time. Not just King books, but top three. I mean, Leah, but, I have thirteen yeah. copies of The Shining. Wow, all different that's, versions. That's intense. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Leah, You're for being welcome. here. I look forward to having you back, and definitely. Hope everybody has a great week. And uh, when life gets tough, just keep sipping. Goodbye.